0: Do you know a woman who is driving positive change, growth, or innovation in her organization or community? The second annual Success Women of Influence Awards are underway, so whether a friend, a family member, or peer, give the recognition she deserves. The Success Women of Influence Awards
1: honor, celebrate, and empower the extraordinary women whose contributions have impacted their industries and their community and the personal and professional
0: lives of those in their world. Visit success.com slash W-O-I to nominate the women of influence in your life today. I think like many industries and institutions in this country, trucking is at a crossroads of innovation and technology. But one major difference is they're experiencing it at the edge of a demographic cliff because they have an aging workforce and not a lot of replacement. So when we think about who's most at risk, you got to zoom into the demographics a little bit more. The first group that comes to mind are like new entrants and recent retirees. I'm gonna group them up a little bit. So new entrants are the people that we've been talking about, all the people that got lured in because they heard something on the news or they listened to Joe Biden or they listened to a friend who said that there was a lot of money to be made in trucking. A lot of those people kind of got startled a little bit. Things started sweet and then it ended up a little sour. Welcome to the Rich and Regular podcast presented by Success, where we explore life at the intersection of money. I'm Julian.
1: And I'm Kirsten. And today we're talking about trucking and whether it's a good time to get in the industry. If you don't know, the industry has been in the news lately. So today we're going to cover how the industry has risen and fallen over the last few years. Naturally, we'll touch on how money gets made. And then we're going to get into how AI might change things and who we think is at risk.
0: But before we do that, please leave us a five-star rating and review for the Rich and Regular Podcast, just like Manny c for you did. He said, excellent, really great stuff. Down to earth, talk about money and planning for the future. We appreciate that,
1: Manny. Yes, I love a short and sweet review. Yeah. I mean, I like the paragraphs too, but nothing like a good, like... I wrote this in between a red light. Manny got stuff to do. <laughs> yeah.
0: He was like, let me just get to the Shout point. Shout out to you, Manny. I got a cousin named Manny. I appreciate that. I, and I was thinking about Manny too. That might be Manny. <laughs> it you might be. See if that was Manny. All right. Let's talk about trucking. So a few episodes ago, we talked about the train and the rail industry. And so today we're going to dive into another, I don't want to say old, mature. Mature. A mature industry industry. Trucking, and it's interesting because this is a topic that has been top of mind for a long time now. There was a conversation we had with a good friend of ours who was this was a couple of years ago. He was excited about getting into it. He had family uh that was interested in getting into the industry. We had former coworkers who were sliding into it. I met a childhood friend, and so it just kind of kept on coming up and we realized that hey this was a thing, which made us look into it. And we realized that, yeah, but the last five years, we've seen a lot of people really jumping into it. And so we really wanted to make sure that we at least spend some time looking into it to see if there's really some money to be made doing this. To Kirsten's point, there are other reasons why, because if you've been paying attention to the news, then you know that Yellow, which is one of the largest trucking providers in the country, as I believe it was July, 2023, filed for bankruptcy. There's a lot of Unfortunate news coming out uh, because of that. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, but yeah, I think now's a good time to kind of stop, talk about it for anyone who was still thinking about it, for anyone who's already in it and trying to assess the damage. We wanted to just make sure that we dove into the trucking industry a little bit.
1: Yeah, trucking as a whole, even though it's mature industry, it still plays a really pivotal role in contributing to the economic growth just by transporting goods across the country. They move over $11 billion tons, not pounds, tons of freight annually, which far surpasses any other means of transportation, trains, planes, boats, all of that. So it's a huge industry that's worth hundreds of billions of dollars. But more importantly, it's the backbone of our supply chain. And it's one of those things that just kind of keeps the country running. It's literally, dare I say, the driving force Get it? The driving force behind so much of our economy. That pun was definitely intended. <laughs> I know. You were
0: planning that one for I did. Two I
1: wrote that one down. I was like, I got I to gotta drop driving force. But it is. It's the driving force of our economy and our daily lives. I actually read a stat preparing for this episode that said most grocery stores would run out of food in just three days if long haul truckers stopped driving. Now, that was a stat from, I think, 2017. But even today, 90% of grocery stores' frozen and cold items are delivered by refrigerated trucks. Wow! So think about milk, yogurt, ice cream, frozen pizzas, all of that is due to trucks. And even beyond our nourishment, if you just think about all the things that are delivered by trucks, things like medical supplies for hospitals, something like a syringe, which is used thousands of times a day, is delivered by a truck. Well, not
0: the same syringe. Not
1: the same... (laughs) (laughs) Not the same syringe.
0: Terrible joke. I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) But there's also fuel, not just for our personal cars, but trucks also deliver 80% of the gas to our nation's airports. So there go your travel plans if they decide to not drive or can't drive. They also deliver cash to banks and ATMs, the chemicals that purify our water and make it safe to drink. They're so important. And yet the industry has struggled.
0: Yeah, yeah, they really have. I cannot help but to be left for a second. I've been watching uh, a lot of history channel on Hulu. And in terms of refrigerated trucks, I believe, and it might, I might be getting the trucks and trains mixed up. We actually have Anheuser-Busch to thank for that. He was the first person to create or sort of fund the creation of refrigerated trucks because he was interested in getting his beer across the country. So shout out to all the beer brewers and makers out there. (laughs) I might buy a bud just because of that.
1: (laughs) They could use it. Their stock has been struggling. (laughs) They probably
0: could. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about the industry and where it stands today. Now, historically, it has struggled with recruiting young drivers. And so they have an aging workforce, which accounts for a significant percentage of the overall drivers that are out there. So a couple of quick stats. The median age of truckers is about four years older than the rest of the workforce as a whole. So the median age for the typical worker in the United States is around 40. Truck drivers clock in at around 46 years old. And in that sort of industry that's only eclipsed by like bus drivers and like train operators, which are closer to 52 years old. So part of the challenge is the hours and the schedule. So long haul truckers, they're away from home for an average of 240 days a year. And they drive approximately 2,000 to 3,000 miles per week, not month per week week. Mm-hmm. So although drivers are spread across the country, some states have a higher concentration of trucking due to where they're located. So states that have major ports or distribution centers and logistics centers tend to have more trucking activity. So think about larger states that border other countries like Mexico and Canada. So Texas comes to mind. California is the second one. Florida, Pennsylvania, and Ohio don't necessarily do that, but they fall into that category as well. No surprise that it's also a predominantly male-dominated industry, right? So efforts uh, over the last couple of years, especially to get more women have made some progress. And, you know, I guess you can call 8% because that's what the percentage of the industry's drivers, which are women are like, that's an all time high just to kind of give you some perspective. 8%. 8%. Right. And a lot of work has been done to like get to that point. And it's been increasing just about every single year for the last seven years. But even still, like there's a lot of room to grow. And obviously there's some huge gender disparities there. Yeah. I don't,
1: I can't think off the top of my head of another industry that has gender disparities that wide. Yeah. 92% 92% male.
0: Yeah, it's pretty, pretty, pretty wide. Another issue, again, not to down the industry, but kind of helping to ground listeners into what's kind of happening right now, super high turnover rate. So it is not unusual for you to see someone driving for one company and then a year later, they're driving for another. The, the turnover rate is like 90%. So operators are constantly dealing with trucks that don't have drivers because they left, they went to go somewhere else or want to just get a little raise or whatever it is. But it is a high, high turnover industry it always makes me think of you know like and i'm talking about the industry here but like there's a term and it's low-key offensive but like flyover states oh
1: yeah you know like between the The borders like just the middle of the country
0: when i think about truckers i always think about like drive-by exits because it's like all the places in between most people just don't really go like we pass these things but the point is there's a whole world like that is created to uphold and kind of maintain this industry and it relies on truckers. And we're going to talk a little bit about how that's also affected by what's happening in the broader trucking industry.
1: Absolutely, because when you think about it, trucking is one of those industries that still provides a really solid path to the middle class that also doesn't require a four-year degree. And so it is a mainstay of the United States, and it's not something that can be offshored like many of our other jobs can be. And it just gives people the ability to provide for their families without taking on the burden of student loans. So you understand why it's still thriving and why there are so many people that are attracted to it. I also think one of the reasons that trucking doesn't get the same media attention or shiny treatment as other humongous industries is because it's kind of decentralized. So these aren't big monopolies with lots of lobbying dollars for Capitol Hill, like pharma or or tech, right? Most carriers in trucking are really small companies. Almost 96% of the fleets operating only have 10 or fewer trucks and 99.7%, almost 100% of Companies operate with a hundred trucks or fewer. So my family members who live in Texas fall into that category. Yeah. The few that are in the industry are drivers. And my one uncle who used to own a logging company was in that first bucket where he had less than 10 trucks. My other uncles are drivers or employees, which we'll get into in just a few minutes. So there's the background. You now have the context for the industry. But then as with most industries, COVID came along and the trucking industry got a surge between 2020 and the end of last year, the end of 2022. The number of trucking companies, again, many of them just consisting of a single driver and a truck, increased by 50%. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that makes sense because going back to what I was saying earlier, that was really around the time we started to have these conversations with people. And it seemed as if almost like one out of 10 or one out of every 15 person I knew was either thinking about getting into the industry or they had a friend or someone that they knew that was planning on getting in because they were hearing all this good news about money that was ready to be made. And it would seem like a no brainer. So there's a number of reasons for that. Once Americans started getting their stimulus checks and were stuck at home, they started ordering more stuff. (laughs) More stuff online instead of eating out and traveling. That all contributed to this huge spike in demand that lasted from about late 2020 all the way through 2021 when the vaccine started being widely available. Now, at the same time, trucking was being advertised as a quick way to make money on social media where people were talking about earning six-figure salaries, even though the median salary, uh, the actual median salary, is typically closer to 50K. Even Joe Biden, the president, got in on the wave and launched an initiative to encourage folks to consider trucking as a career. There was a whole photo shoot and press conference with him on the South Lawn of the White House, standing in front of two like big rigs. It was very (laughs) classic, like, you know, PR for a president. Uh, And it was definitely a contributor to a wave. Here's a little clip of what Joe Biden had to say during that press conference. It's getting harder and harder to recruit new drivers, particularly women and people of color, to an industry that this nation and our economy desperately needs at full strength.
1: The good news is that since I took office, we've begun to turn things around. In fact, in 2021 was the best year for trucking employment since 1994.
0: There are now 35,000 more trucking jobs than there were before the pandemic. But we all know we need to move faster. But all good things must come to an end. So once consumer spending cooled down and people got back to traveling and eating out, the demand for truckers also declined. So even beyond consumer spending, there were ripple effects from the hyperinflation that we all experienced. People didn't want to buy new houses anymore because of high interest rates. So the demand for building materials, for new construction slowed down, which obviously affected the industry. So all of that led to lots of new drivers essentially being stuck. They got all excited, all jazzed up, jumped in, and all of a sudden, like the huge demand that everyone was talking about seemed to kind of disappear. A couple of weeks ago on Instagram, we shared an article in stories and it was kind of a heartbreaking article. Uh, it was by NBC and basically they were talking about exactly what we're talking about now. All of these people who had flooded the industry in recent years, but now eventually ended up being stuck. The cover story was a woman who, same thing woman, like encouraged through diversity efforts. She was drawn into the industry. She got her truck. She literally started out making $20,000 a month, like changed her life. She was super excited. But in about a year, like that went from 20,000 to 3,300 and she could hardly afford to pay her bills or even just cover the cost of owning and maintaining the truck. All that to say, just like anything else, she ended up defaulting on that loan, having to pay Uh, some penalties because of that. And like, she was kind of stuck and right back where she was. They told the story of another woman who had a very similar situation. She talked about when she jumped in and her rates, and we'll get into how people make money, but her rates were like slashed by 80%. In about a year, like she got in, got excited, and then it was ultimately gone. And then they shared another story of a guy who was kind of experiencing the same thing. They asked for his point of view and his whole thought. I guess he was like holding on to a little bit of thought there as he was seeing some of these other companies and fleets kind of go out of business. His hope, and we'll talk about that his hope was that that would actually lead to a little bit more business for those of the people who were still out there that were still kind of holding on to the industry that kind of gave me Titanic vibes a little bit where it was kind of like, you know, this industry is kind of suffering, people are falling away, but it's almost like these musicians were kind of like, Oh, well, if those guys are going on, you know, the bottom floor, that's going to be more people willing to listen to me. Like, I apologize if that's a little morbid, but that's kind of what it made me feel like. And that was kind of the tone of this article. So, all that to say, the industry has definitely hit upon some highs and some lows in recent years.
1: Yeah. Now, before we move on, I want to talk a little bit about how they get paid. For the purposes of the episode, we're only going to talk about the two big ways. Yes, I know there are others, but the majority of people make money as the driver or as the owner operator of a truck. So for drivers or employees, they're usually paid per mile and it's usually cents per mile. And because there are regulations in place to keep us all safe, there are actually limits to the number of miles that you can drive in a given day or week. Julian mentioned two to 3,000 miles a week, but you have to remember that the drivers spend about 40% of their workday waiting just for people to load and unload goods, which is typically unpaid. So while you may be able to calculate, oh, okay, two to 3,000 miles, that might take me three days and I get four days off, it's not that simple because you spend a lot of time just waiting for them to unload whatever you're carrying. Now, we also mentioned that the median salary is around forty-five dollars to $50,000, but there are definitely exceptions. So if you live in a state where trucking is a dominant industry, they tend to pay more. And if you drive for a private fleet or an employer like Walmart, you definitely make more than the average. Walmart actually made a splash a few years ago because they responded to the trucker shortage by saying that they were going to roll back third-party trucking contracts and bring their drivers in-house. And they were going to give all their drivers a raise of one cent per mile and an extra $1 every time they dropped a trailer. Now, according to them, the average pay for their drivers was about $87,500. So almost $90,000 a year. Nice. And they offer predictable schedules, time off, and the possibility for a quarterly bonus. So solid. And no, this is not an advertisement for Walmart, although I think they are still hiring. (laughs) So that's the employer side. On the flip side, there's the owner operator, and they can choose to get paid by percentage of the load, which can be, it's a wide range, anywhere from 25% or 85% of the load revenue or they can choose to get paid by the mile like a driver would. Now, the way that I understand it, I've never driven a truck, but the way that I understand it is that getting paid by the mile is more consistent, but you may miss out on big bucks if you always just default to that. So yeah. the key is to have a mix of clients that pay both ways. And to understand
0: your clients, what they do. to
1: exactly. uh, You make a better decision. Exactly. Now, keep in mind that if you are an owner operator, you also bear the burden of paying to store or park your truck. So you you have some lease expenses, you pay for your own gas, your own insurance, and your maintenance. You pay for all of that yourself. You don't have Walmart, you know, coming to (laughs) coming to just give you another truck if yours gets messed up.
0: All right. So just when you thought we were done talking about AI, we are back talking about AI. This time it's
1: a necessary angle.
0: It is. I this will not be the last time. I'm pretty sure it's gonna come <laughs> no. up a couple other times. But I want to talk specifically about the impact of artificial intelligence on the trucking industry and how tech advancements can reshape the landscape of the industry as a whole. And like most things, I'm pretty sure we say this anytime we talk about AI, there's a good side and the bad side. Lucky like for me, I get to actually talk a little bit more about the good stuff because I feel like I always get like the poop.
1: I know he's version. a better bad cop than I am. Yeah, like, I am
0: but you know it's not good for my spirit so not, <laughs> my energy levels kind of now see
1: watch me add like a tinge of optimism you gotta, you to, the, to the bad stuff You're like, so, like yeah, it's not but so it's not good. so bad I yeah. mean you know a couple thousand jobs
0: <laughs> okay so the best things that AI can do is basically improve cost savings, right? It's a tough industry. We just talked about all the things that owner operators have to deal with. And so AI can actually help with that. One of the more obvious ways, I think, is through efficiency and safety improvements that reduce accidents and minimize human error. Accidents and insurance claims cost trucking companies a boatload of money every single year. If you live here in Atlanta, you're going to hear one of two advertisements on the radio every single day. The first one is going to be by Julian Sanders, which for the record... is not me. I've literally had people come up to me and ask me if I was Julian Sanders Law. I've had people come knock on my hotel room and thank me for like helping them get out.
1: Even your son, every time it comes on, he's my like, that's my dad's name. I am a lawyer. I was like, boy, you are a Saunders, I not a not Sanders.
0: Julian Sanders Law. <laughs> but the second one is personal injury attorneys who are encouraging people to sue if they are involved in an accident, which in many cases involves a truck. So AI can help with that by installing preventative tech in more trucks like lane departure. Some of the things that we we all as car drivers take for granted that we have and all the innovation that we've seen trucks do not
1: have. Yeah. Right. So those they, lane departure warnings, they don't have those things. You know, trucks still got bumper stickers that say, if I if can't I can see, see you, yeah, if you can't see me, I can't see you, whatever it is. Exactly. So
0: that's just one of the ways that I think AI can help with that. The second one is going back to what a lot of people can deal with or have grown accustomed to in that car, which is giving people prompts or dings when there's a need for maintenance. A lot of trucks don't have that, right? They're designed to do other things. So AI can really help with indicators and helping people identify when might be the right time to employ maintenance as opposed to Every time there's a break and you stop and then you deploy an engineer or a mechanic or something like that. So the third way is around route optimization. Today, trucks use a combination of tools and factors to determine their route. They have dispatch teams and truck-specific GPS systems that have turn-by-turn directions that are all optimized for large trucks very different from what most of us have in our regular cars. So again, these are little things that a lot of us kind of take for granted that we have in our cars that don't really exist in the trucking world. Well,
1: and they I- do. They're just low tech. So like, you know how Waze is kind of crowdsource traffic information. It tells you where the yeah. accidents are, where, the, you know, the trucks have the dispatch system. They have the Breaker Breaker 1-9, like right. they talk to each other, but there's no real time traffic data. And that's something that AI can help with because, yeah. you know, it can be, it can be collecting that.
0: Yeah. So those are a couple of them, but I think the really big one and and likely the one that I think most people are afraid of, or you could argue is the most controversial, is really around the idea of autonomous self-driving trucks. So this idea that you don't need drivers at all. The truck, very similar to what we're starting to see in some taxis, and we know that it's already in pilot in cities like San Francisco, I believe, Austin, Texas, a lot of these places where they're-
1: For cars, yes. For
0: for cars, yeah, not trucks. In terms of trucks, we know the Tesla, like the Tesla Semi- It's pretty much like the most notable example. Yeah,
1: of an EV that has
0: electric vehicle, big rig that has all of those things and solves for many of the gaps in tech that a lot of trucks don't have. Like the Tesla semi is supposed to be solving for that the timeline on that we all know is sort of up in the air. We don't really know. Elon has his hands full with X right now. (laughs) But we know that that's definitely something that is on the radar. I will also say if someone wants to learn a little bit more about it in a way that is likely a little bit more entertaining is there's a documentary called Working on Netflix. It's a mini documentary so you can kind of go episode by episode. And they're basically following the lives of tech workers and I think elder care workers and some hospitality workers. And the goal of the documentary documentary is to find some commonalities between what all of these people find in terms of value and struggles in terms of work. Well, the tech sort of subplot there is them following the lives of the co-founder of a company that is designed or that is designing self-driving vehicles. And so I think it's a really great way to kind of get in the mind of someone who's at the forefront of this, get a, a feel for like his predictions or his expectations for when his product becomes the standard in a way that's like not necessarily politicized, but he's sort of giving you that point of view, like from his perspective perspective. And I thought, I found that that was actually a little interesting. So if you are on the fence about what that represents, at least give it a shot, give it a couple of listens, see, or views rather, see what he's saying and um, you might connect with something.
1: All right. So now my turn for the not so good, also known as bad, <laughs> bad outcomes from AI. I think I'll start by just responding to the Tesla Semi because while they are great trucks and have a lot of benefits, like they're quieter, they're easier to maintain, they save a bunch of money. There have been a number of delays since they were first shown to the public back in 2017. I think Pepsi just got their initial order of 15 trucks and Tesla says that they're in production for others. But the bigger issue is that the industry and all of the regulatory bodies that govern it are really slow, and so it's still lacking the overall infrastructure to scale. Tesla is actually currently seeking $100 million in government grants to build nine chargers across the country from Texas to California, which are necessary for these EV trucks to deliver the way they need to. As y'all know, the charging networks are really vital for making electric vehicles work, and so the absence of that is just going to slow progress even more. I think the other big challenges with AI are just cybersecurity, obviously, without the proper security and fraud systems. It opens up trucking this major artery of our country. It opens us up to threats of hacking. In addition to the upfront costs of just upgrading all of these trucks, while it would be great to have all this technology, none of that is free. And we're already talking about slim margins. Now, as far as the cost savings go, y'all know whenever there are efficiency gains, it just gives publicly traded companies an incentive to cut people. That's a fancy way of saying when industries get better at doing something, they tend to use humans less, which leads to layoffs or job displacement. So as of last year, 2022, the trucking industry employed somewhere between seven and a half and eight and a half million people. I saw different numbers across different sources. So let's just stick to... 8 million people, which accounts for almost 6% of full-time workers in the country. The only other industries that are similar in size to this would be the construction industry, which had over 7.5 million workers, and the education sector, which including all teachers, all administrative staff, and other related roles was somewhere near 8.5 million workers. So it's up there with kind of the heart of the country industries in terms of size and the number of people that can be displaced.
0: I think like many industries and institutions in this country, trucking is at a crossroads of innovation and technology. But one major difference is they're experiencing it at the edge of a demographic cliff because they have an aging workforce and not a lot of replacement. So when we think about who's most at risk, you got to zoom into the demographics a little bit more. The first group that comes to mind are like new entrants and recent retirees. I'm going to group them up a little bit. So new entrants are the people that we've been talking about, all the people that got lured in because they heard something on the news or they listened to Joe Biden or they listened to a friend who said that there was a lot of money to be made in trucking. A lot of those people kind of got startled a little bit. Things started sweet and then it ended up a little sour. On the other end of that, you have recent retirees. There was a particular video that I saw going back to the example of Yellow, that major company that went bankrupt. And it was a guy who, for lack of a better word, like went batshit crazy because he learned that as a result of Yellow's bankruptcy, their pension was likely at risk. Oh, that's Yellow awful. failed to make a payment, which as a result, put their entire pension at risk. He'd been working at the company for 30 some odd years and he realized that that was at risk. And he was rightfully so, like pretty angry about it. So a lot of those people are really at risk in terms of the industry. We talk about the gender disparities. Well, if we look at that another way, like men are at risk, like a lot of men. And assuming those men are breadwinners, a lot of them are going to be at risk. And we know that that might actually have some unfortunate external or downstream impacts on family life and communities going forward. Minorities we know are at risk. I want to say one of the earliest indicators of risk or dare I say, devastation that I learned about AI was with respect to autonomous driving and the trucking industry. And it was very clearly noted that one of the primary groups that would be impacted by that were minorities. So when you think about that and you think about cities like New York, Atlanta, Chicago, where you've got huge populations of people who are African-American or minorities, and they're reliant on that industry, when that industry suffers or declines, it has a huge impact on these large organizations.
1: Yeah, I agree that minorities are overrepresented in trucking. It's actually rare because we hold 40 percent of the jobs in trucking, which far outpaces the national average, where we only hold 22 percent of jobs overall. So that's a good call out.
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't have said it better. Immigrants fall into that category as well. The number of foreign-born drivers in the U.S. has more than doubled since 2000. So some industries abide by like a last in first out approach when it comes to layoffs. So again, like we're not just talking about truckers. They're not like this species of people that has a huge impact on larger groups. You just kind of got to look at it from a different perspective. The last one, and I know that this one has already gotten the president's attention because again, there were concerted efforts to use the industry as almost like a rebound for people who are veterans. So if you have a veteran in your life, it's not uncommon uh, for them to somehow find themselves to the trucking industry. Today, one in four veterans are in the trucking industry and one out of 10 drivers are veterans. And they're interesting because statistically, vets are better drivers than non-veterans. So they're actually a huge target for recruiting efforts. So don't just think about truckers as truckers, right? They're grandpas, they're, to your point, they're your uncles, they're minority slash immigrant communities, and they're veterans. And if that industry falls or suffers, it will disproportionately topple or affect so many of those other groups. And I will also say like not just the industry as a whole, but many of the industries that are reliant on that industry. So when I talk about drive-by uh, worlds, I, I think I was making a reference between Flyover Country, all those restaurants, all those gas stations and bars, dare I say all those adult entertainment yeah. you know, facilities that rely on the trucking industry to stay afloat. If that industry suffers or when that industry suffers, all of those things suffer. And that's part of the reason why we're looking at this or talking about it in depth today.
1: So we started this episode with the question, is now a good time to get in? And we've kind of argued both points. I'm going to save my answer for my final thought, but do you want to give yours now or are you going to give it then?
0: Uh I I've got all kinds of thoughts. Um, and I'm trying not to get emotional just thinking about it, because again, I have people in my life that I know are are affected by this. I I think the answer is it depends. If you have an opportunity to, let's say, assume someone's routes, like we're talking about all it's no different than real estate. If you own an asset and there is money to be earned with that asset and you can assume ownership at that asset, at a deep discount. So if there are a bunch of people that are sort of defaulting on their loans and you have an opportunity to get a truck at a deep discount, it's definitely something worthwhile considering, especially if it's not going to put any of your other assets or you're about that risk. Now, if you're looking to jump in and let's say follow the traditional path, the problem with that is that in a mature industry or one that is, dare I say, like on its knees, you don't really have time to climb. You know what I mean? So if you don't have the ability to get in and make significant amounts of money, Right now, it may not necessarily be for you, but if you are jumping in and you are sort of on the side of disruptors, and so you're jumping in as an engineer or you're jumping in looking to expedite the growth of autonomous driving and things like that, that makes sense. Right. You might have a longer, let's say, lifespan in terms of the industry, given the particular set of skills or the area or the the way in which you are sort of entering it. But I think if you're trying to go to tried and true route, I don't know that those opportunities are there anymore.
1: Yeah. All right. So I said I was going to save mine for final thoughts. So I think we're ready.
0: All right, let's do it.
1: So I'm going to continue to be a fence rider and say that my answer is maybe. To your point, if you can acquire a company that already has a successful client list, drivers that are in it for the long haul, fun intended, okay. <laughs> they're loyal and you and you have the assets already, then yeah, maybe it's a great opportunity. Or if you're someone that's comfortable with technology, willing to adapt to changes and interested in playing the long game, then yeah, maybe it's good for you. But I don't think trucking is going anywhere. This isn't one of those fatalistic, you know, the industry is dying episodes. But at the end of the day, they are at that crossroads of innovation where they have the ability to revolutionize how stuff is delivered or they can fumble the bag. You know, we've been here before. We know that some industries rise to the challenge. Take the auto industry. They introduced assembly lines and electric vehicles to respond to the changes, or even healthcare when they introduced telehealth and biotech. But we've also seen industries miss the memo. Think about American steel as an industry, or traditional print, or television broadcast as an industry, taxi services. These are all industries that face the same crossroads and ultimately fumbled the bag. So I just think the ability to foresee and respond to changes is critical for any industry to stay relevant. And while there are some good signs of life for trucking, I'd be paying attention and cautioning everybody to do their due diligence and ensure that it's something that you want to stake your business model in.
0: Yeah, I agree. I have, um, I'm going to repeat myself. (laughs) I have said it once and I will say it again, just because you can't build a rocket ship doesn't mean you can't ride one. AI. Automation and tech is disrupting multiple industries. It's not just trucking and it has an insatiable appetite. So millions of industries, careers and jobs will unfortunately be lost, but reborn in a different form. It is wishful thinking. I think to assume that most people will be able to redefine themselves from being a driver to working behind a desk in some kind of tech capacity, it is much more likely that they'll be simply left behind as the industry redefines itself. But what you can do is invest in tech or ensure that your investments give you an adequate exposure to the tech sector. So I'm not saying walk away from it, but I am saying think about how you might actually be able to benefit from it.
1: Love it. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of the rich and regular podcast presented by success. If you like what you heard and want to drive something other than a truck, try driving some eyeballs to our podcast by leaving us a five-star rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. We will see y'all next week.